Brought to you by Dubois Productions. Hello and welcome back to NO and JB Sports Pedigree. Let's we are go. back to provide insight on a wide variety of sports topics from NBA hoops to Major League Baseball, NFL football to professional soccer, and everywhere in between. We're going to have some fun talking about some different subject matter, and hopefully you have some fun right along with us, and I don't want to waste any more time. I am JB. And I am NO from the podcast. I got to ba- balance JB out, y'all. He, he comes in super excited. I got to balance him out with some stoicism, you know, <laughs> from the podcast. There it is. Well, well played. All right. So how you doing this week? Man, everything is going well. I'm excited yeah. to continue with the podcast. Blessed. What's up with you, man? Yeah, man. Same here. Always busy, but always uh, grateful that we get to still do this and grateful that People still listening and tuning in, man. It's a it's a privilege. So we got a lot on the table this week. Um, some of our favorite segments. Uh, Want to talk about uh, what's coming up this week uh, in the week ahead? First, though, right? Of course, and I'm gonna kick it off because Let's do this is to be continued for the next couple months. The mm-hmm. NBA playoffs. Yes, we'll just sir. stay broad with this first one. What adjustments are these coaches gonna make, JB? This team's down in series right now. What they gonna do <laughs> to get back in it, you know? And Absolutely. it's wild, man, and it promises to continue all the way through the NBA Finals. Yeah, I mean, the biggest series, you know, and you know, there's always, we see it every year, there's the surprises, um, of course, one way or another. So I, of course, had that on my list too. Uh, excited about, really, I feel, you know, at the end of the day, the Eastern Conference is kind of, gonna be what it's gonna be not you know could be wrong on that i could be wrong on that but i the western conference to me is the one that's really just man i feel like there's almost every team could could make it to the finals in a way you could make an argument so it's that's been super exciting for me so many good so, yeah. series going on right now and it will continue yes sir um you know what else we got coming up this week that's a, a big deal maybe not you know not one of your favorite things necessarily but a lot of people enjoy the nfl draft okay and that is kicking off Thursday night where we got the first round and, of course, rounds two and three on Friday and Saturday the remainder. So it's always nice to see, you know, you, you, again, it kind of starts for me. It really starts the next season when we start talking about what the teams are going to look like, um, what to expect maybe from some of these future talented players. You know, I know your boys got a pretty high pick this year. What are they going to do? And uh, are they going to get a QB or are they going to maybe wait? You know, so it's it's just uh, the anticipation really just gets me going for the, the next year. So I'm really excited to uh, to see that kick off this week. Yeah, well, come holler at me a couple years from now. Or if they're all <laughs> pro during their rookie season, I'll take that as well. But, oh, you know, yeah. we're not getting too hyped about the NFL draft. Um, I'm You know, we'll see how it goes. JB, Dodgers at Cubs. Brewers and Tigers, St. Louis and San Francisco. Mm. Highlighting all of these series in this upcoming week because it's an opportunity for the NL Central foes of the Reds to lose against non-conference divisional to, against non-divisional opponents, excuse me. We got to stay wow. in the race JB as long as we can. So, we are rooting for the LA Dodgers, the Detroit Tigers and the San Francisco Giants as the Reds and Pirates will be playing. So, obviously we have a divisional foe that week. We're looking for everybody else to lose. We're trying to stay up in the standings. Man, that's a good one right there. God, 
Lord help us. Yeah, give us some I mean, hope. There, there's hope in that Dodgers Cubs series, but Brewers and Tigers. Yeah, <clears throat> hopefully the Tigers can get one. Man, let's <laughs> hope so. Uh, we've got uh, in the Premier League soccer. There's a couple of enormous matchups um, on the 26th. You have the top two teams um, facing off Arsenal, who's currently in first against Man City, Manchester City. Um, Arsenal has a game in hand, so they they technically are three points ahead of Manchester City. Uh, so if Manchester City would, was to win, they would essentially be level, and the tiebreaker for teams that are level is goal differential. Currently, Manchester City has a greater goal differential than Arsenal by five. So that right there, uh, I mean, that could be the game of the year to determine who's going to win the Premier League with you know, six, seven, eight games left on the schedule. So that's a huge game right there. Sounds like it, bro. My final one, the continued NHL playoffs. Oh, at the NBA, that's right. They're going to be going on for a while. They have started off magically intense and wild. And it's been some very physical games, you know. You know, do you, got your the, play, do you got a playoff beard going on this year? I do not. <laughs> I've, been try- I've been trying to grow a, a regular life beard for a lot of years and it's, it's trying to come in but um playoff beard well maybe you know once we start using some uh, natural botanicals on the face some some creams uh maybe we'll do that here a couple years down the road all right well there you go all right i got one more uh premier league matchup and normally you have you know one super kind of high profile each on a weekly basis and a couple other good ones this week we got two real high profile matchups so i gotta highlight both of them separately we got manchester united at tottenham um oh harry kane and tottenham hosting man united everybody knows man united even if you aren't a soccer fan and currently um man united in fourth which the top four teams in the premier league make the champions league automatically next year Tottenham's in the five spot, just three points behind Manchester United. Now, they have actually played um, one more game than Manchester United, so they kind of you know, need to make up a little ground. It's pretty much a must-win for them. They do have a better goal differential if they end up tied, but, man, that's, a, that's another, you know, anytime you get teams in the top five, six matching up in the Premier League, it's always a excellent game, so excited for that one as well. Looking forward to that dogfight, man. And, uh, yes, sir. That one is on the 27th, so I believe that will be the Sunday a Sunday matchup. So you got a great game on Saturday and Sunday, along with everything else that's going on playoff-wise. So It's the week ahead, y'all. N-O-N-J-B there you go. Sports pedigree. There you go. What else are we bringing back this week, you know? Time to move it along a little bit. Um, We haven't done our top five college basketball power forwards yet. Yes, sir. That's what we're going to jump into right here. We've been through the guards, point guards. We've been through the shooting guards and the small forwards. Now, one thing you're probably going to notice on these lists is a couple of the players that JB had on his small forwards list, they're going to be on my power forwards list. A little positionless basketball and comparisons (laughs) between the positions guys played in college versus in the NBA. But um, let's get it going, JB. Yeah, I was going to say the same. You know, I got a couple of guys that, well, at least one that you had as a small forward. I've got a. I may have a couple guys that some folks might have on the center list too. It's just, it was tough for me. I, I kind of, I think yeah, I mentioned this last time that I, I want to get everybody on the list that I feel is deserving. And so um, I went all the way through 
centers and just kind of figured out, hey, I want to make sure that this person gets yeah, recognized. Yeah, you're still going to leave somebody out, man. It's, you it's are. Never oh, of be course. Perfect. It's never going to be perfect. All right, JB, let's go right. back and forth. My number five player let's do that. is Christian Leitner, four-year mm. starter, whoever's 16 and eight during his college career. JB, this dude shot threes at a 55% clip during his senior season, albeit at a low volume, just about three a game. But it's still very impressive, about 1.5 out of 3. Uh, he could face up, take you down in the post, and start banging you, as Charles Barkley would say. Mm. And JB, he was also very <laughs> <laughs> he was also very skilled, JB, at stepping on opposing players' chests. Legendary at that. He was. Christian Leitner. <laughs> the famous turnaround, you know. He, bar he barely uh, got on my list. I tell you what. You know what? Just because of that whole play and because of my hatred for him when he played, uh, I don't know. It's maybe a hater move, but I didn't put him on the list. I mean, I don't um, blame you. He, he barely you know, got on mine. I put Chris Weber in his spot at number okay. five on my list. 6'9", 245 pounds, two years at Michigan, even though I'm not a Michigan fan, for those that know me. Back-to-back um, -back title games. And my point of contention is if, you know, imagine swapping him with Christian Leitner and he was on those Duke teams or vice versa. You know, I I, I mean, that's a whole different top, topic of conversation. But again, average 17.410 and 2.5 blocks. People forget <clears throat> pretty dominant and uh, excellent defensive player. Shot 59% from the floor. Uh, we all remember the, the timeout that wasn't a timeout, but I think that's a bit overblown considering – uh, everything else that he did in his career, you know, to only remember a guy for one bonehead moment is, uh, you know, so that's why I'm giving him some love. He's number five yeah, on my list. I hear you. One thing you said in there, though, I don't know if Coach K could have coached a personality like oh. uh, Chris Weber, straight from the culture. Um, think about the guy, type of personalities he that's had on his point. team back then. I don't know about that's it. That's a good point. I don't know if that one would have worked out, but Chris Weber was number four on my list, JB. Two seasons for the Wolverines. 17 and 10 for his career had a mid-range game could dunk on you also averaged 2.5 blocks as well so he was a little undersized but still a great rim protector for his you know what he brought to the table physically mm. um obviously the prize recruit of the fab five although Jalen and Juwan probably wouldn't admit that he mm -hmm. shot 62 percent during his sophomore year 62 wow. obviously yep. he was dunking on folks a lot and he just had a killer demeanor about himself chris weber one of my favorites of all time there you have it <clears throat> there you have it was wondering if he was going to be on yours and i'm glad he is all right number four on my list i'm going way back actually not as far back maybe as some other guys but elvin hayes 6'9 235 pound uh three years at Houston, two-time All-American, 1968 Player of the Year. Um, got his team to the Final Four where they lost against those nearly unbeatable UCLA teams. Elvin Hayes averaged 31 points and 17 boards and nearly 37 points a game in his final year in college. Good. Just balled out. Balled out. Couldn't leave him off. He's number four. Elvin Hayes. Those numbers are ridiculous. Goodness they are. gracious. Yep. Another guy with some outrageous numbers at the collegiate level. As Bill Raftery said, big dogs don't cry. <laughs> Two years at Purdue, career 27.5, 10 rebounds per game. That's Glenn Robinson, y'all. 
almost two steals Amazing. as well. National Player of the Year in 1994, dropping 30 a game on a really good Purdue squad. Naismith Player of the Year, two-time All-American, Big Ten Player of the Year as well out of Gary, Indiana. I love that he got to be coached by Gene Cady too because from all accounts I've heard, he let Glenn be Glenn. It kind of goes mm. back to what we said a second ago. Would Coach K have let Chris Webber be himself, you know, true personality-wise? Gene Cady did that. Point. Glenn Robinson at Purdue. Man, that's a maybe another interesting uh, topic to bring up down the road. Um, number three on my list is probably the one that you may look at me sideways, or some people might, maybe not, um, because of the position I have him at. But I've got Tim Duncan as uh, number three on my list. Uh, <laughs> 6'11", 248, four years at Wake Forest. Um, getting Wake Forest to an Elite Eight is pretty crazy. Just think about the history of that program, and we know they've had a couple of solid players but the program itself when you compare it uh, I, f I find that to be an amazing feat uh, average 19 and 13 in his final three years and nearly four blocks a game we know he was a game changer on both ends of the floor 59% uh, field goal two-time ACC player of the year and all-american and national player of the year Tim Duncan's number three on my list JB Tim yes. Duncan is a power forward he was oh, number two on my list oh Look at that. Rare four-year college star, y'all. Wake Forest, the big fundamental. The 16 big and 12 for his career. Almost four blocks again. JB, yeah, that's Tim insane. Duncan is a top five two-way player of all time. Yeah. No yep. questions asked. Naismith winner during his senior season. So many accolades. Tim Duncan got it done in college and I mean, he got it done at a crazy higher level in the NBA, like incomparable oh. to what he did in college. Tim Duncan, y'all. Yes, sir. Makes me wonder. Now, my number two, 6'9", 240 pounds out of Oklahoma, the three-year player, Wayman Tisdale. Wayman Tisdale. Three-time conference player of the year. In three years, he was the player of the year in his conference every time. First team All-American every single year he played. Um, got his team to the Elite Eight. Again, Oklahoma not necessarily known to be a great basketball program. Averaged 25.6, 10 boards, and two blocks for his career in college. A nearly 58% shooter. Wayman Tisdale, one of the most underrated college basketball players of all time. Not for me. He's number two all-time on my list. Yeah, Wayman was a monster, dude. And had some solid years in the NBA. I think he played for the Indiana Pacers back he in the sure day. He sure did. JB, number one on my list, and he was on your small forward list, it's obviously one from French Lick, Indiana, Larry Bird. Mm -hmm. Three years at Indiana State, 30 a game, 13 rebounds, four and a half assists, 2.5 steals. That was not something. This man could do everything. It was not one thing this man didn't do exceptionally well. No three-point line, JB. Took miniature Indiana State almost single-handedly to the national championship game. Crazy. What in the world winner? Naismith winner. 1979 National Player of the Year. Two-time All-American. And a player who was as dominant or even more dominant in the NBA as he was in college. Larry Legend. I mean, truly one of the best basketball players of all time. 
And sometimes there you wonder, is. you know, when people talk, sometimes when people talk perimeter guys, best of all time, Kobe, MJ, LeBron, sometimes you wonder why Larry Bird's name isn't mentioned in that, to be honest. I do. Yeah, um, it's because, well, look at nowadays, and not to get too sidetracked, but you think about nowadays, what is on TV, it's the highlights, right? I mean, people, you know, dunk Gotta play above I mean, the rim. Even, yeah, yeah, even Kobe. And Bird could do that, but he wasn't, like, flashy about it. You That's know? right. That's and right. even his skilled moves, his footwork, they weren't ne- – it's kind of like Tim Duncan in a way. You know, not necessarily flashy, but there's no doubt he's up there with all those dudes. There's no doubt. And leadership and whatever. So, yeah, interestingly enough, we flip-flop positions for this one because my number one power forward was your number one small forward, Danny Manning. Okay. 6'10", 230-pound, four years at KU – Averaged 20.1 and 8 for his career, but 25 and 9 as a senior. We all know the championship run. Uh, actually made two Final Fours, um, but came back for his senior year to get the job done. Uh, three-time Big 8 Player of the Year and All-American in four years. That's just that's crazy. Yeah, that's and insane. And, of course, uh, National Player of the Year in 88. Danny Manning, again, <clears throat> forgotten by a lot, but uh, not by us on this show. So. No, sir. That's an excellent Danny Manning, list Larry Bird, man. Those are some great lists. And it's mm. interesting that we flip-flop small forwards and power forwards <laughs> with weird. our number one players. But it's really not when you think of small forwards and power forwards playing in college. They're positions that are very interchangeable. Yeah, that's true. You know, teams mean, usually fact- have their, their wing players, and they yep. ha- usually have one player on the wing who can also play in a post, who's really yep. their standout player on the squad. And that's kind of why it really doesn't matter which list yep. you have them on. And, uh, yeah. And they'll play with some teams, obviously, they just play with three forwards, you know, or three guards, you know, so it's definitely a different different style. So, No doubt, JB. Nice, nicely done. Uh, what you got this week for your personal segment, Eno? JB, short and sweet again. Never compromise your character for anyone or anything. I repeat, JB, never compromise your character for anyone or anything. First, you got to begin this process by asking yourself one question. Are the people I'm around the most high quality people? Do they display Mm -hmm. honesty, integrity, loyalty? Do they strive high and don't settle? Are they fair and consistent? If any of these answers are no, then be careful. You may be compromising and not even recognizing it. I know this is easier said than done, y'all. Not perfect. I'm not perfect. Nobody out here is claiming to be perfect, but it is a subject matter that must be articulated properly and very directly it's not a tiptoe around the edges type of deal so to speak exercise grace and empathy by dealing with problems right like you don't run away from problems you deal with it but with grace Mm. non-emotionally and also make sure you work on being thankful for what you do have versus focusing on what you don't have Mm. and then finally satisfaction without complacency is really something that's huge knowing to that in this social media field world to be satisfied with what you do have not looking at others coveting what they have but also not being complacent and getting lazy I had a line in a song once satisfied but not complacent money is a plus but wisdom we be chasing it's really what it comes down to man don't compromise mm. your character and these are some of the ways that can help you get to that you better preach, you know. That's well said. 
<laughs> well said. It's a, Appreciate that, man. It's a fine line for everybody, but it makes, yeah, you got to do it. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, mine's <clears throat> pretty short and sweet this week as well. Uh, just giving some love and shining a light on Erling Haaland. Haaland. I can't ever pronounce his name right. The superstar young striker for Manchester City. I'm not a Manchester City fan, guys. Um, but this dude has the most goals ever in a season by a Premier League player already in his first year with the club at 45. 45 goals. He's big. He's fast. He's one did of the fastest. Say, did you say 45? He's got 45 goals. Now like, that includes, like the return of Michael Jordan, 45? Correct. That includes... Um, now, there's still six or seven games left in the domestic league season. And, of course, you know, any international games, those are all counted. So I think in total he's got 45 goals and probably about 50 games played or something like that for the season, which is just, I mean, it's insane. Um, You know, he's a left-footed player, but he has no problem scoring with either foot. Uh, He's big, so he can get on headers. He's athletic. He's fast. Like, you'd be surprised that he's one of the fastest players around, too. Um, And, you know, he's young. So we talk about Kylian Mbappe being maybe the best or most talented player in the world. And this guy's right there with him. Like, he plays for Norway. So (laughs) doesn't necessarily get as much um, recognition or, you know, people don't see him as much. But anybody that watched the Premier League knows he's 6'4". You know, so for a soccer player, that's pretty monstrous um just a guy that we're going to be seeing and talking about year after year considering he's only 22 so he's right there in that class with uh you know we might be talking about Ronaldo and or we talked about Ronaldo and Messi for years and it may be um Mbappe and Holland for the next decade or two Kylian Mbappe Erling Holland yes sir I hear you speak about them all the time JB these are names that I know about and Crazy. I will be looking forward to the greatness that comes from these guys for years to come. <clears throat> we got some more greatness to talk about here in the next segment. Maybe, Feel, yeah. S- school me on that then, man. <laughs> We're bringing back a little athlete comparison, rapid fire edition. I think that we think that uh, this is fun where we go back and forth comparing uh, the athletes. The only criteria we've got is same gender, to be fair, and similar accolades and uh we just essentially going to throw a couple of names out there don't have to be same sport uh for the sake of this week mine all are and uh then the other person's gonna say which one they think is better and we can kind of agree or disagree so fun stuff hopefully you guys play along with us you want to kick it off jb mine is all nba matchups this week okay Number one, Devin Booker or Mikael Bridges. Let me make sure you know something, JB. Mikael went from 17 a game in Phoenix to 26 a game in Brooklyn. He can be that dude. Yeah, based on everything that I know and see, I'm taking Bridges. Solid choice. I am as well. That's just me. I've got one NBA matchup, um, and I'll just say maybe that currently the stats might not back that up if you're just looking at stats but anyway uh i've got one nba matchup on my list we'll start with that one how about a little throwback 
Steve Nash or Mark Price? Steve Nash. Mm-hmm. Mark Price was good, but Steve Nash, he he was just on another level with everything that he did. Yeah, he kind of he wasn't a great defensive player, but offensively, he kind of did what Mark Price did, just up a notch, a little bit better. I think. Steve Nash was an incredible shooter. You didn't leave him open, but if you came tight against him and he ran that pick and roll, it, it was curtains. He's dropping double digit assists a game for multiple seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, off the dribble, he was very surprising in, in his ability to create his own shot. Not like Mark Price couldn't, but Steve Nash was just such a smart basketball player. He knew he knew how to use what God gave him yep. uh, to his ultimate benefit, and that's why I take him over Mark Price. JB. Excellent, excellent soccer player too. His footwork maybe uh, good point. Was good point. There you go. Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic? Wow. Joel Embiid, 33 and 10 this season. That's a tough one, man. Nikola Jokic, 24, 12, and 9.8 assists. Basically a triple-double. Yeah, I think I'm taking Jokic. Okay. You know, just as overall team guy. It's hard because neither of them have necessarily done it on the biggest stage yet. That's right. But I think I'd take Jokic if I had to. Um, Okay, baseball. Doc Gooden or Kurt Schilling? I'm taking Kurt Schilling. Ooh, it's tough. It's a, a toss-up for me, to be honest. Taking Kurt Schilling, curious. just just okay. by hair, just by hair. The title maybe puts him over. Yeah, buddy. All right, JB. De'Aaron Fox or Ja Morant? Mm. De'Aaron sitting at 25 points and six assists. Ja is at 26, six boards and eight assists. Yeah, but, you know, it's not just the stats. I mean, I think you got to look at everything else, and currently I'd feel more comfortable taking De'Aaron Fox. Oh, yes. Yes, sir. I think currently and just moving forward, I don't know. You know, there's too much up in the air right now with Ja, I think. But both, I mean, super amazing talent and potential, of course. All right, uh, let's move it on to uh, the different surface. How about... Andre Agassi or Pete Sampras? Sheesh. Just because of the number of major championships, you got to go with Pete just by a hair. Mm. Andre Agassi, man, that one's close to a toss-up, but Pete Pete got him just by a hair. There you go. My last final athlete comparison rapid-fire, JB. Evan Mobley or Jaron Jackson Jr.? Two of the best young two-way players in the NBA. Evan Mobley at 16 Mm. points, nine boards. Jaron Jackson at 18 and almost seven rebounds. I think I'm taking Jaron. I think that this year was really his kind of breakout year for me. And the defensive, you know, he's so (laughs) excellent defensively. Don't be surprised when you see what you see from Evan Mobley in these playoffs. That's all I'm going to say. I definitely take them both. I got Evan by a hair in this one. I got Evan by a hair. It's a close one. All right, my last one, a totally different surface again. Dale Jr. or Dale Sr. on the racetrack? Well, Dale Jr. is more my era, so we're going to say Dale Jr. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Obviously, he wouldn't be where he is without Pops and right. the foundation he put in place and the culture, but we're going to say Dale Jr. All right, there you have it. Athlete comp rapid fire. Y'all remember back in the day when we would just do one of those? Boy, I love mm-hmm. it much better this way. I love yeah. it. 
Yes, sir. Leaves more room for interpretation for everybody else. And, and more, it leaves more, more time for sports yep. dichotomy oh, to jump off. Let's get after it. JB and I go back and forth answering yes or no questions. It could be about any sport, any topic. And we love this segment because it allows us to really tackle like current event type sports mm, issues. And, and we and we jump in real quick. JB, I'm going to kick it off. Let's go. David Bell's decision to pit hit for a guy who was on base all four times earlier in the game, <laughs> non-injury related, is a top five worst managerial decision in MLB history. Yes, y'all. We back with it for another segment. We couldn't let it go. It is. It absolutely is. There's, I mean, you can't tell me there's, you can't point out. I don't even know if there's five worse. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that was just, yep. No debate. All right. Uh, man, get me going here. Um, Wiggins and GP two will make an immediate tangible and visible impact for the Golden State Warriors. hundred percent defensively more than anything. hundred mm-hmm. percent. The Mavs got fined seven hundred fifty thousand no for way. conduct detrimental to the league after they rested key players during a game that eliminated them from playoff contention. This was warranted. Mm, I'll say yeah, okay. <laughs> man, man. It's literally the same spot on my list. That doesn't. Sometimes we have similar, you know, topics and questions. But literally, my next one, Inno agrees with Mark Cuban being fined seven hundred fifty thousand for tanking. <laughs> I'm actually going to say no. All right. Because of my next question. So the NBA, JB, needs to not pick and choose when they find teams for resting players who are non-injured. It should be blanket. Yeah, that's fair. That's right. Teams tank all season. Let's not pick and choose when when we're mad about it or when we want to set our standard, put the foot down. No, sir. Happens all the time. Yes, sir. Oklahoma City Thunder kind of been uh, propped up as you know future great team obviously they're the second youngest team in the league made it to the play-in you got Chet Holmgren coming in next um, next year plus they have 15 first round picks over the next five years so the future is bright however they should package some of those picks and maybe a player and deal for a guy like Damian Lillard we talking about the Thunder we are no. All right. Will Odell Beckham ever return to elite status as an NFL wide receiver? Elite? No. Okay. The Indianapolis Colts should really trade down from the four spot and acquire more draft picks. Uh, I'm, I don't know. No. <laughs> it really don't matter to me. Just get somebody who get some dudes who can ball. Mm-hmm. The Rays undefeated start means that they are world series favorites excuse me the Rays' undefeated start which is obviously not the case anymore means that they are the world series favorites in all of baseball that 13 and 0 start that they have had um no i don't think they're the favorite they ain't the they ain't the 90 reds um the Los Angeles Lakers are actually a better team without LeBron James. Yes. Kobe Bryant was the most competitive pro athlete ever. It's kind of it's hard a tie. to tie. 
it's kind of I mean, hard. It's a, tie. <laughs> it's a tie for me. I'll say yes because I think he's tied with somebody else, and I think everybody else knows who I'm talking about too. Okay. Uh, Ellie De La Cruz will make an instant impact when called up for the Cincinnati Reds and even garner Rookie of the Year votes. Yes. Dan Snyder should have been forced to sell the Commanders like uh, 20 years ago. <laughs> yes. It would have been the Redskins, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, very disappointing season for the New Orleans Pelicans, especially after I spoke so highly of them and they let me down. Um, CJ McCollum was right to call out Zion Williamson for not being fully committed. We'll say yes. I like CJ McCollum. I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I trust him. JB was aware that the Boston Bruins finished the NHL regular season 65, 12, and 5. <laughs> I knew they were great, but no, that's crazy. Yeah. Whew. Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker is a bit under the radar. May actually end up being the best quarterback in the draft yeah, this year. Yeah, honestly, I'd, I'd like it if the Colts got him. My boy Abel Franklin likes him too. Yes, yeah, he's under like the radar him. for sure. The U.S. men's national team will win the gold cup this summer. <laughs> really? Yes. Yes, they will. Okay. Shout out to Martin. <laughs> we might lose to Martinique this year. Nah, they better flip and win it. Shout out to Jamaica. Goodness gracious. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Gave up Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, Walker Kessler, four first-round picks, and a couple other dudes to get Rudy Gobert. This was a smart trade by them. No, <laughs> it wasn't. I mean, no. They're good because of Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, and Mike Conley. Rudy mm-hmm. Gobert can go somewhere. Tiger Campbell from UCLA declared for the NBA draft. The Mick Cronin coached young man is an NBA-ready point guard. <sighs> I'm... I'm going to say no. I mean, just, yeah, that's a tough one for me. I really like him, but size, I think he'd be good if he stayed another year. But, hey, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, The U.S. men's national team are in a bracket with Jamaica and Nicaragua um, for the Gold Cup this summer. They will coast through them on their way to a title. We we don't do this intentionally, folks. Yes, of course. My final question. JB thinks the Lakers have what it takes to make a deep playoff run. Yeah, depends on your definition of deep. I think they can get to the conference finals. I do. Potential. Okay. Potential is the word. Okay. Uh, I've got two more, one of which is Odell Beckham Jr. signing with the Ravens should make Lamar Jackson want to stay. No. (laughs) No way. And that's three this week. Wow. Our last one for me then. With baseball games moving faster now, like 25 to 30 minutes faster per game, it's totally irresponsible and negligent to allow alcohol sales later in games as fans will definitely not have the time to sober up. <laughs> uh, y- yeah, it's... Yeah. They, they should stop the sales a little bit earlier. It's pretty crazy, right? So yeah, it was seventh inning that. stretch and... There's been a couple players that came out like they're, you know, they got to drive home too. Um, I I can't remember the team, but they were extending it to like the eighth inning. He's like, wait a minute, <laughs> how much sense does this make? You see the see the real intentions of moving the games up. Mm-hmm. 
That was actually a good one, JB. Nicely said. In the one JB sports pedigree, sports dichotomy. There you go. One of the best segments in sports. And um, we're going to move it along to JB's Justies, JB's Justos, JB's Gusto. <laughs> JB's right. Justifications, y'all. JB Justifications. Where I asked JB a personal question, which I didn't do two episodes ago, but I got a nice hmm, basic question today. Okay. And then I allow JB to justify a scenario. JB, personal question today. Yes. Very simple, food related. JB's favorite pizza restaurant. Who is it and why? Wow. Well, I honestly, past couple years, I really kind of avoid pizza. It's a very rare thing. I used to eat it all the time. Oh, wow. Um, but it's one of those things when I stopped trying to do fast food, I kind of lumped pizza into that. Um, but when I do have it, or if I get an opportunity, Papa John's is my favorite. Papa and Papa John's. John's. Yeah, I know all the stigma and everything else. Um, outside of that, just flavor-wise, it's I like the flavor. I like the garlic sauce. And that, you know, all that, that tomato, stuff. that tomato sauce, be busting sometimes. Yeah, it's that's that's it. I would have to say out of all the major. Um, major change to Papa Papa John's my favorite one. Shout out to Louisville, Kentucky. Got a lot of uh, college yes, brothers from that area. There you go. All right, JB. We're gonna stay NBA themed here. It's really kind of a. This one's not too complex, but I feel like you're gonna have okay. a lot to say on the subject matter. Obviously, it's untimed nowadays. Throughout the last few seasons in the NBA, JB, we've seen NBA teams look better without their number one player on the court. Memphis in 2022 mm. was 20 and five without Ja. The Clippers look faster and more locked in now without Paul George. The Knicks look efficient without Julius Randle kind of slowing them down and playing isolation, isolation basketball like he does. And obviously the Lakers play well without LeBron James. I simply want JB to answer the question why and how. How is this possible? You can go any direction you want to go with it. And right. JB, you can start now. Well, I think there's a lot of different maybe specifics you can get into. The bait, the main, you know, general reason I think is that you have to play as more of a team. And that just a lot of a lot of teams nowadays have gotten away from that it's all about mm -hmm. the stars the nba pushes the stars. isolation they basketball see, yeah they want to see star play and the iso ball and iso ball is not the most efficient way to play offense not only that you mean going one on five isn't the most efficient way <laughs> right? how could you know, that be isn't that crazy like how often do we see nowadays at the end of game possessions it's always one-on-one -on -one. you don't see guys back in the day i remember you throw the ball into the post, you know, and it's one-on-one -on -one in the post and then a kick out or what have you, getting a paint touch. That's not how we play anymore. Um, and I think when you take that star player who plays typically iso ball, and in a lot of cases, these star offensive players aren't the best defensive players either. Uh -huh. um, they don't have to be because of their stardom and their offensive prowess. You put in a guy in, in that role that maybe they're not as talented, but I think in a lot of cases, maybe they have more hunger. They have to work harder on the defensive end because if they don't, they're not going to be out there. 
And I think the chemistry factor of sharing the ball, um, ah, you see it in good point. Yeah, you see it in other sports too. Um, you see football teams when they have a superstar receiver that leaves, and all of a sudden the offense becomes more efficient because they're not trying to force feed a ball to one guy. Um, it's that idea of sharing the ball, and I think the best example that we can come up with and we can share would be the Detroit Pistons when they won a title without any uh, true stars. Oh, four and Pistons. they played true team basketball. If you've got kids that you want to show the correct way to play, I mean, those guys, they shared the ball, hustled defensive intensity and grit, um, and moving without the ball, like all of that, you know, and that's why I think that Golden State has, has they found a formula because they have superstars but they share the ball and it's and it's efficient and they move and it's flowing. Unlike, you know, you brought up Memphis when we saw John ja Morant not there. At first, I was like, "Wow, this is crazy. Are they could they really potentially be better without him?" And the more that you see it and you watch it, you see why. It's because it's more free flowing, um, and they're not just focused on one guy having to make the play or always having the ball in your hands. You know, I would make a case, too. We look at the Mavs this year. Once they got Kyrie Irving, they played better when Luka was hurt. Good point. Because he's so ball dominant and he's slow. And he always slows the pace down. Kyrie's going to push the pace. And you're going to get more possessions. And you're going to get more probably open shots because he's pushing the ball and moving fast and going quick. And Luka plays at his own pace. So I think that... uh, we see it all the time. I think if, if your superstar player isn't necessarily a team guy and doesn't really focus on every aspect, that's why we see the difference. I think LeBron, his first maybe 10 years in the league, he was that guy where, I mean, he's going all out every possession, both ends of the floor. Um, he's making everybody better. Now, I don't see that. He takes possessions off nearly every possession on defense and half the time on offense if he doesn't have the ball. He's not cutting or moving. That's right. He's just standing there. And that that doesn't help your team at all. So the eye test, you know, statistically, I don't have them off the top of my head, but, you know, plus minus is probably a good one to use to, to validate some of that. But, yeah, that's what, that's what I see. JB, I don't really have a lot more to add. You pretty much said it all. I'll just say this. The Dallas Mavericks team that won an NBA title. Think about how what team basketball That's another one. with. Absolutely. You know, Dirk, Deshaun Stevenson, all those guys. Uh, Jason JJ Perry, Jason Kidd, Jason Terry. And then all the championships that the San Antonio Spurs have won. We know the type oh, of sure. basketball they play, moving the ball around. Didn't really have that super go-to perimeter guy, which is why they were kind of forced to play in the way they did. But it worked out for them anyway. They were all unselfish players. Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, Bruce Bowen, Tim Duncan, and them. Team basketball is what gets it done, y'all. Every once in a while, you have these superstar teams with an isolation player or two who play that style, and maybe they win a championship, and it's flashy, and we all love to see it. But, excuse me, you guys all love to see it. I don't like watching that nonsense. I'm not going to say we. Um, I love watching team basketball, and yep. that's why I love watching the Golden State Warriors. Mm. And <laughs> that's why, you know, like we said, it's not saying that John ja Morant isn't, even the most talented or best player on that team, but maybe he's not. 
But yeah, I, I call it. I call you know? it like I see it. Uh, isolation basketball players who really don't get other players involved or move well without the ball in their hands at any level of basketball. I think that makes them not as good of a basketball player. Straight mm-hmm. up, they're not as good of a basketball because their player. stats are their stats are going to be inflated because they always have it in their hands, right? So, young and, basketball and, players, and move it's an eye the test ball. thing, yes. you know where? Yeah, absolutely. Where are they making the right play with the ball if they have the ball in their hands? That's where the trust and discernment comes in for a guy like that who's a point guard and a true leader. Are they making the right play? Um, when they're doubled or they're penetrating, are they forcing it or are they, you know, kicking it to the open guy? That's right. And do they move without the ball and do they play defense? You know, it's just in, in culturally in the locker room and everything else. When you know, um, when you know, you have a guy who's seen as the star and the best player, everybody looks to that guy. So is that guy the hardest worker as well? I think you see that on championship teams. Like, for instance, a Tom Brady, everybody knows he's the greatest, all that, what have you. He's also the hardest worker there, right. right? So they're looking to him, and that pushes everybody else. But some of these cases, you know, you may have a guy that, yeah, he's a star, but does he put in the work, <coughs> Luca? Um, and I think that, <laughs> that 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 plays into that as well and that psyche of the entire team. Good stuff, man. We love it. Hey. And this is why we give extra time for the uh, personal question nowadays, the justification question, so we can really go in depth into it. JB just highlighted it all right there. And um, hopefully those of y'all that are listening take something from that, especially if you're a young basketball player. Oh, be a team sure. basketball player. Ice ball is not what it is. You watch Instagram, you watch Facebook, you see it blowing up on there. Don't fall into the trap. Don't do it. Nope. Move the ball. Be a team player. You know, that's make your teammates better. That's how you do it at any any sport, any level. So, all right, man, another another one in the books, and uh, we uh, we appreciate you continuing to support. We really do. Um, you know, we're it's, we're blessed to get to do this and uh, have folks listen. So, please share if you think uh, you know folks maybe have not listened before and might like it. We appreciate that, and hit us up at no.jb.sportspedigree at gmail.com. Don't forget to look for us out there on TikTok, Instagram, and all that stuff. Thank you. Yeah, have a good one. Check it. We keep pushing forward when the lights dim. The flame still burns when the night ends. So it's time to get animated promptly. My passion's connotated as anger. Wrongly, since I'm as real as it gets, I won't take that. Might spew a couple of words I won't take back. I'll be the thug who seems to bring charm. Check my skin in the U.S. I'm seen as that regardless. Docile and harmless. Emblematic guinea pigs. Submit to control all the people in the city did. Silly kids only listen to that. Extreme the numbers to them. To me, it's how you attack. <laughs> Sometimes I think that I'm great. Then I stumble. It's better to be lucky than good. Keeps you humble. I'm hands on in my approach. So when I fumble, I turn over to the most high. Therefore, I never crumble. Tough. Gotta get started to get ahead. Conduct stoic. I know I'm not acting scared. I'm the type they feel they have to replace. Demonizing the base in my black voice and masculine traits like it's a problem. Don't fear delusional types. Mentally locked in but still in tune with the hype. Whole models about deception. I catch a trend and go the other way. You can call it an interception. What's popular tends to reveal what's going down. Stand up back with a scope watching from across town the guidance from above is what i view is profound so when i see they really care that's when i'm coming around